You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Connection with the sermon this afternoon, in which we will be considering the fifth commandment, that to honor your father and mother. We have two readings. The first is from Proverbs chapter 4, the verses 1 through 9. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and only, and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Steam her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. And I will turn also to the New Testament, to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone who, for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. Our text this afternoon is the word of God as it's summarized and confessed by the church in Lord's Day 39 of the Heidelberg Catechism. What does God require in the fifth commandment? That I show all honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and to all those in authority over me. Submit myself with due obedience to their good instruction and discipline. And also have patience with their weaknesses and shortcomings since it is God's will to govern us by their hand. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the question for many children and younger folks at different times of life is this, a question that persistently comes to them is, how can I be successful? How can I be successful? You're young whole life is ahead of you. You don't know what's going to happen. You're not sort of settled into something. You haven't already achieved success. And so the question is, how can I be successful? Perhaps you're thinking about the upcoming soccer season or volleyball season, basketball, whatever it is, and thinking, how can I improve? 
or you're looking ahead to university or to a new career, and you're wondering, what will it take to do it well? Maybe you're currently enamored by another young man, or, or enamored with, I should say, another young man or woman, and you're wondering, how can I get them to notice me? How can I be successful in this pursuit of them? This question of how can I be successful is one I can remember dealing with many times. How can I improve at baseball? What would it take to get the marks that I needed to get into the engineering program in university that I wanted to get into? What kind of engineer did I need to be to make the most money by the biggest but not too big house and drive the nicest but not too nice car? Those are the sort of questions that were constantly in my mind and the minds of my friends and I imagine in the minds of many young people here this afternoon. As you can tell, I didn't always have my focus in the right area. The question was still there. How can I be successful? And so, children and young people especially this afternoon, please focus your attention not in the wrong area but in the right area as we consider this question how can you be successful this afternoon now getting the right answers is often about asking the right questions we need to ask this question not of sports or university or that certain someone we need to think bigger how can you be successful in life Let's go even bigger. How can you be successful in eternal life? How can you be successful in all of God's kingdom? What can you do today that's going to have a huge and a lasting effect on tomorrow? The answer to this question is perhaps not what you might expect But it's staring right back at us from the Lord's Day and from the commandment that we're considering this afternoon. The answer the Lord gives in his commandments is this. How can you be successful in all things now, today? Obey your parents. Honor your father and your mother. And so this afternoon we'll consider the secret to success. Obey your parents in the Lord. We'll consider the backbone of obedience. What is obedience all about? This obedience that the commandment and the later the apostle Paul speaks about obedience in the Lord. What's the direction of this obedience? To whom are you giving it? And finally, we'll consider the humility of obedience as the Lord Jesus Christ himself teaches us what obedience looks like in this broken world. So the backbone of obedience Now, it may be that you are already beginning to question the thesis that I've given to you this afternoon, that obeying your parents is the secret to success. Well, if you would turn back a few pages in your book of praise, or else turn to Exodus 20 in your Bible, you can read with me the fifth commandment, and you'll see what we're talking about. The fifth commandment you can find on page 547 of your book of praise listed in the Ten Commandments there is this. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother and let the good times roll. 
That's how we could paraphrase that. Now, this afternoon, I'm going to be speaking to the younger people in the congregation, specifically. But if you are older, and I won't decide who's in which group, but if you feel as if you're on the older side of things, I think what we say will be applicable to you, either to teach your children, or, as we'll see, this commitment to honor your father and mother never really gets old. It goes with us, even as our parents age. And so there is something here for all of us, but the attention will be on the younger folks. Now, the Apostle Paul gives instructions to the children in Ephesians 6, and he is he did there simply restate the fifth commandment. So we shouldn't think that obey, when the Apostle Paul says obey, children, obey your parents in the Lord, he's not thinking anything that much different than honor. However, he is saying something very significant when he says, in the Lord. That's the part that's different. Obey your parents in the Lord, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what does this in the Lord mean? Well, in the New Testament, this is a huge concept, extremely important, in the Lord. And has a lot to do with you, you younger folks as well. When you were baptized... You were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It means you were baptized into allegiance with the Lord Jesus Christ so that he became your Lord. And as you grow up, you had the duty then to follow him and serve him. But it means more as well. In Galatians 3, Paul says, all of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So you've become a part of what Christ is doing in this world through baptism. Baptism is kind of here like wearing your sports uniforms at a a tournament. You go to a tournament, you wear your school's colors. It shows everyone where you belong. You belong with this school. You represent them. You're You're aligned with them. You're going to play for them. Your allegiance is with them. Shows everyone where you belong, what team you're on. And perhaps it might even say something about how you're going to play while you're there. So being in the Lord means being a part of what the Lord is doing in allegiance to him and as his servant. And it means more as well. We're united with Christ through baptism, yes, but we are also united with Christ by faith. Baptism communicates the promises of God so that when you grow up, and you're able to understand these promises, you will believe them and trust in them and recognize that they apply to you. So you align yourself, not just being baptized, something that you're passive in, but as you grow up, aligning yourself, giving allegiance to Jesus Christ by trusting in him in all things. And the result of this being united with Jesus Christ is that you belong to God's family. You belong to God's family. You are one of God's children, God's son, God's daughter, and an heir of all God's blessings. Of course, because Jesus Christ is God's son and heir to all his blessings. If you're in Jesus Christ, then you too are an heir of all of these things. And so it's just three words, but those three words pack a lot of punch. As the Apostle Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. 
Being in God's family is a remarkable privilege. But as you know, it's not the only family that you're in. You're also in another family. God has put you in that family for your good. And your family is where God provides you with the means to live. Food, shelter, clothing, love, and the care that you need. And in your family is where God has determined to instruct you and to teach you how to be a good member of his larger family. So you're, in fact, in two families. You're in your family, with your parents and your siblings, and you are a part of God's larger family. And the smaller family is a training ground for you, for the larger family that God has called you to be in. So what's your role within that smaller family? Well, the catechism here draws on three essential words, honor, love, and faithfulness. First, it teaches you to honor your parents. And that comes straight from the fifth command, of course, right? Honor your father and mother. What does that mean? Well, it certainly includes obeying them, but it goes deeper than that. It has to do with how you see your parents. It has to do with why your parents are so special, because they are. When the Bible talks about honoring someone, it talks about having an understanding of that person's importance. That you understand and take to heart how important that person is. The word honor, literally, as it's in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, literally means something like appreciate their heaviness or weight. Appreciate their heaviness or weight. And while all the young folks are appreciating the heaviness and weight of their parents, and I'll have to tell you that it actually has nothing to do with their belt size or anything like that. Probably on analogy, it's best to think of a bear. If a bear doesn't weigh very much, if a bear is just a small bear, you're not going to have much respect for it. You'll come up, maybe even pet it, even though you're not supposed to. You're not going to have that much respect for it. If you see a black bear, you're going to keep your distance. But if you see a big, huge grizzly bear, you are going to have a lot of respect for the grizzly bear. You are going to appreciate the grizzly bear's weight and heaviness. The bigger the bear, the more respect for it. The Lord teaches us that we are to treat our parents with respect We are to see them as, not as a large grizzly bear, but we are to appreciate that they are very special, very significant to us. And what makes your parents so special? Why must you defer to them like you would defer to a grizzly bear? Well, because God makes them special. God has given your parents this weight, this importance in your life. He's given your parents the difficult task of teaching you and instructing you how to live. He's given them that weighty task. Honoring your parents in the Lord means recognizing that the Lord himself has placed your parents over you. God himself has made your parents special because he has put you in their family. And therefore, give them honor because they are important. So show honor to your parents. Also, show love. Love, of course, is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself. And that neighbor who's closest to you, especially when you're young, the one who has been ordained by God to get in your business, 
tell you what to do, to be concerned about you is your parents and you are to love them out of that general command to love. But there's more as well. There's more than just a general command to love. The relationship between parents and children is a special one. And one, in fact, that demonstrates the love that God has for his children. We learn in 1 John, 1 John, that we love because God first loved us. Well, isn't that what happens between parents and children? You're to love your parents because they have first loved you. Yes, even before you were capable of love, even before you knew what love was, even before you, you, you learned to love the feeling of a clean diaper, your parents loved you. They were loving you before you even knew anything. They were supporting you, feeding you, protecting you. They were doing it for years before you even caught on to what was happening. And therefore, since they have been loving you in this way, it's only fitting for you to return that love to them. In fact, perhaps considering the many ways in which they do love you might help you to love them in return. So obeying your parents in the Lord recognizes that just as God has first loved you, just as God has made it possible for you to love, so your parents have first loved you. And the way to deal with that is to reciprocate it back to them. Recognize the love that your parents have shown to you, appreciate it, take it to heart, and then return it. Love them in return. So honor, love, and now the third word that the catechism has here, faithfulness. Faithfulness has to do with sticking with someone even when it's difficult to do so or even when they're not around. means you have allegiance to them. You're going to stick with them no matter what happens. Now, younger children know what faithfulness is all about. They know what loyalty to their parents is all about. And that's why they're telling all the other kids on the playground my dad is stronger than your dad because they're loyal. My dad is stronger. My dad's the strongest in the world. There is this incredible loyalty that young children have for parents. They're proud of their parents and they want everyone else on the playground to know it. But you also know that when you get a little older, sometimes some of that loyalty begins to slip. Your parents, their, their position in your mind can sometimes go down. They don't seem so cool. You realize, maybe my dad's not the strongest person in the world. Oftentimes, this can happen when you're around your friends. Your loyalty is between two. Is it to my parents or is it to my friends? Who am I loyal to? Who Who is my allegiance with? Who am I faithful to? And as you get older, there is this pull toward your friends, toward the cool crowd at school or wherever it is. Faithfulness has to do with honoring and loving your parents, even when it might be cooler to disown them. Faithfulness is when you stand up for what they stand up for, even when no one else is. These commandments, they teach us our sin and misery. And also here we see that we struggle with this. Yeah, so it's easy to obey your parents when they're breathing down your neck, watching what you're doing on the computer. It's a whole lot harder to obey them when they're gone, isn't it? It's easy to obey your parents when 
it's just you and them, it's a lot harder when you're hanging out with your friends. The question is, where is your loyalty? Who are you faithful to? The Lord calls you to be faithful to your parents. So honor, love, and faithfulness. And as you can see, if you think about these for just a little bit, you'll see that you never really outgrow these duties towards your parents. Just like your parents never cease to be your parents, so you you never stop having opportunities to show honor and love and faithfulness to them. Honor to your mother when she's 85 years old does look different than when she's 35 years old. In many ways, however, it's more important. Loving your sick sick father, reciprocating the love that he has shown to you, can get, get quite difficult and require a lot of sacrifice on your part as he gets older. Often as you get older, being faithful to your parents doesn't have so much to do with what you do when they're not around. But oftentimes being faithful and loyal to your parents as you get older has a lot more to do with how often you are around them to help them and care for them. And so we never really outgrow this commandment. The fifth commandment teaches us to honor, love, and to be loyal to our parents for our whole life. Now let's consider the direction of this obedience. We've already gotten to it, but we'll spend some more time on it. In the Lord explains the direction of obedience. It means that your obedience with your parents is in line with your obedience with the Lord Jesus Christ. The catechism says that I'm to submit myself with due obedience to their good instruction and discipline. So this assumes, of course, that your parents are giving good instruction and discipline. And that's your parents' job. Parents, that's your job. Deuteronomy 6, Proverbs 4, like we read together, makes clear, Ephesians 6, which we read together, makes clear that the duty of parents is to instruct, to give good instruction to their children. So that's your parents' duty. However, that's not your duty. That's theirs. Yours is to obey them. Submit yourself to their instruction and discipline. Listening to your parents' instruction makes sense, right? You're just a child. You're non-adult. You have a lot to learn. You can accept that. But discipline is often a lot harder. Who can actually accept discipline? Doesn't everybody kick against that? Who accepts discipline? Well, a wise child does. Even if they don't understand fully what's going on. Your parents are disciplining you. They're firmly applying instruction when you've been disobedient to protect you from harming yourself and others, to teach you to walk on the way of wisdom and not in foolishness. Your parents are instructing and disciplining for your good so that it may go well with you. They're in fact concerned with your very life. Really? Well, in the Old Testament law, a son who would curse his parents or a son who would strike out and hit his parents, a son who refused to obey his parents' instruction was put to death. That was the consequence of not heeding a parent's discipline. They were tried by the elders and they were put to death. Why? Well, because the attitude that they were showing showed that they had already committed spiritual suicide. 
by their repeated disobedience and stubbornness, their inability to live within their smaller family, they showed that they could not live within the larger family. They could not live under God's care. They could not live and experience God's blessing. Of course, for these children, the way of repentance was always open. Always open. Way of repentance by word and deed was always open for them. But without true repentance, they would have been put to death. Now, we live in the New Covenant administration, so we don't put children to death anymore. But that doesn't mean that we should miss the point. Ignoring instruction and despising discipline is still spiritual suicide. This is a very important matter. God has given this commandment and God has put parents over children for the good of the children that they may live and not die. That it may go well with them. The way of disobedience ends in death and the way of obedience is the way of everlasting life. Yes, that's right. We're putting the context of a family and what's happening there into language that we use about salvation. Because that's the language that scripture puts it in. And that's how important it is for parents to instruct their children and for children to obey their parents. That's why the Apostle Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. When you're giving due instruction to your father and uh, due obedience to your father and mother, you are at the very same time obeying Jesus Christ. When you're despising their instruction and discipline, you are in fact despising the instruction and discipline of Jesus Christ. And now, we come to that burning question which perhaps has been in your mind, perhaps from the very beginning of the sermon, that what if question. What about? What about in this one cir- circumstance? What about when my parents are wrong? Are openly and defiantly wrong? What about if one of my parents is abusive? What if they're destructive? What if they're taking advantage of that authority that they have and they're misusing it? What if my parents should force me to do something that is against God's will? Well, here too, in the Lord gives you the direction for your obedience. Because your obedience is first of all to the Lord. Your allegiance is first of all to Jesus Christ who has redeemed you by his blood. You are compelled above all others to obey him. And that can mean in a a very small but extremely difficult number of circumstances may mean that you need to defy your parents in obedience to Jesus Christ. Yes, In the extreme case, obedience to Jesus Christ may lead you to disobey your parents when they are commanding you to do something that is against God's will. But even this must be done with honor and love and faithfulness. If your parents are erring and erring so terribly and you are aware enough to know what is wrong, then tell someone that you trust. You need to intervene for their own good. If your parents are forcing you to disobey Jesus Christ, their Lord, their King, the very best thing you can do is to have someone intervene 
for them. Sadly, this does happen. However, we also need to keep this in mind. However, there are many, many, many times when this doesn't happen. Many times when this doesn't happen. But what is happening is that your parents are being your parents. They're sinful people. They're weak people. They have their struggles and weaknesses. What are you to do in that situation? And we come to the last point then, the humility of obedience. The fifth commandment doesn't guarantee that your parents are going to be perfect. It doesn't say that they're never going to err. It doesn't say that their instruction is always going to be right on the mark or that they're going to know how to administer discipline rightly in all circumstances. But the fifth commandment was given by the one who never errs, by the one who is perfect, and by the one who knows what is best for you in every circumstance. And he has determined that the best place for you to be is in the family that you are in with the father and the mother that you have. And this also is to teach you. What are you to do when faced with the weaknesses and the shortcomings of your parents? You bear up under them with patience. As the author of Hebrews says, and this is most certainly true, I'm sure, you have not yet struggled to the point of shedding blood. It's not that bad. As James would say, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Life under your parents is in many ways no different than life in this world. And you have to face and bear up with the brokenness of it. Everyone around you is not perfect, just like you are not perfect to everyone around you. Having patience with the weaknesses of your parents is good training ground for life. Where you're going to have to put up with the weaknesses and shortcomings of people. Everyone that you meet all the time. You're going to have to bear up and sometimes you're even going to have to suffer significantly because of the shortcomings of others. And so obeying your parents in the Lord, in the Lord Jesus Christ, means following the example of Jesus Christ. He was humble. He was willing to suffer. He was patient with the shortcomings of all those around them in order to serve and to be faithful to his father. And so he teaches us the way of good, godly obedience. Jesus Christ has shown us the way to live in the world by being humble, obedient, and trusting in God, trusting that this will turn out for our good. What did Jesus teach his disciples? Luke 6, he said, Do good, expect nothing in return, and then your reward will be great. Obey your parents because God has put them over you. Honor, love, and be loyal to them because of that special position over you that God has given to them to take care of you. Listen to their instruction and you will be successful. Things will go well for you. Partly in this life, you'll already begin to realize this. But especially in the life everlasting, your reward, as Jesus says, will be very great. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www. 
langleycanrc.org.